For more information regarding the songs, writers, and artists featured here, please visit rabbitroom.com. Rabbit Room music composed and performed by Ben Shive. Welcome to the Rabbit Room Podcast. I'm Andrew Peterson. For this episode, I'm going to play the songs from my new album, Resurrection Letters Volume 2, which just released on October 21st. The first song is called All Things New. In Mel Gibson's movie, The Passion of the Christ, Jesus and his mother Mary's eyes meet. Jesus is dragging the cross through the streets of Jerusalem. He's bloody, swollen, exhausted, and heartbroken. She couldn't bear to look at him in that day in the theater, and neither could I. Jesus looks at her and slurs the words, Behold, I am making all things new. I nearly came out of my seat at that line because it was like he was looking straight at me, saying, Behold, I'm making you new. If this is what it takes to make you clean again, all hell can't stop me. This song is an invitation to believe that the stories we've all heard a thousand times about Jesus, about new life, about sin banished and sinners brought home, that those stories are true. Those things happened and still happen and will go on happening until he raises us up at the last day. Ephesians says, Wake up, O sleeper. Arise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. which the Jews employed while they waved their palm branches and welcomed the Messiah into Jerusalem for the last time. Only in God's kingdom is a cry for help equal to a shout of praise. Once, the Jews asked Jesus for a sign to prove his authority. He declared that he would destroy the temple and rebuild it again in three days, a statement that, of course, set them gasping and fanning their faces and running in circles. Some of them probably fainted dead away. 
We, on the other hand, shouldn't be so shocked to hear that Jesus of Nazareth has plans to wreck us and leave not one stone on another. Indeed, we should welcome it, because we know that Jesus has not just the power to lay waste, but to rebuild, even his own body. And we all need rebuilding. This song is both a confession and a praise. To say to Christ, save me, is to admit that you need saving, and also to acknowledge that only God is man enough to do it. up in contradiction I am strangled by my own two hands I am haunted by the hounds of addiction Hosanna Hosanna I have lied to everyone who trusts me I have tried to fall when I could stand I have only loved the ones who love me Hosanna, Hosanna called All You'll Ever Need. Three Old Testament stories that offer further proof that God knows what he's doing. Elijah and the widow's oil, Naaman the leper, and Elijah and the prophets of Baal. They're in First and Second Kings. Go track them down and read them. All three of these stories foreshadow the coming work of Christ in ways that my friend Ben Shive noticed when he was reading them to his kids. We started the song on the way home from the studio and finished it the next night via an internet chat. And I wonder if it's the first song ever co-written that way. The point is this. The blood of Christ is the key that opens the door to the kingdom. The more I come to know the deep mysteries of God, the less comfortable I am claiming to understand any of them. The closer I grow to Christ, the more forgiven I realize I am. And I have a feeling that will go on forever. Blood of Jesus, it is like the widow's oil. It's enough to pay the price to set you free. It can fill up every jar and every heart that ever beat When it's all you have, it's all you'll ever need When it's all you have, it's all you'll ever need 
times go under, let the water wash you clean. Only go down to the Jordan and believe. Only go down in the Jordan and believe. And I need it, I need it. The closer that I grow, the more I come to know how much I need. Like Elijah's fire falling on the altar of your faith. All the wisdom of the world could never conjure up a spark. No power of hell could ever quench this flame. No power of hell could ever touch. The title of this song, Invisible God, is an oxymoron. To say that God is invisible is to walk around with your eyes closed. One of my favorite quotes from the 19th century Scottish novelist and preacher George MacDonald is this, The world is full of resurrections. Every night that folds us up in darkness is a death. And those of you that have been out early and have seen the first of the dawn will know it. The day rises out of the night like a being that has burst its tomb and escaped into life. MacDonald had his eyes open, and yet, and yet there are times when our eyes are peeled, and as hard as we try, we can't see a trace of him or what we see of him we don't understand, or like very much for that matter. But he hides himself in stories and in the turn of seasons. He cloaks himself in flower petals and stars and laughter and lightning and music, all because he is merciful. If he tore back the curtain and revealed himself fully to us in our current state, we would burn to a crisp. He is preparing us for the final vision, but until then, there is much to see. I give you praise, O great invisible God For the moon in the space of a dark night For the smile on a face in the sunlight I give you praise, O great invisible God For the sound of the storm on the window For the morning adorned with a new snow For the tears on the face of the old man Made clean by the grace of the good lamb Invisible God And I long to see your face invisible Invisible God All the works that you have made Are clearly seen And plain as day So mighty and tender Oh Lord let me remember I see you everywhere Invisible God And the seed that descends to the old earth And arises again with a new sinks in the river and emerges again delivered invisible God This song is not about some dude named Jose. The Old Testament story of Hosea paints a powerful picture of the stubborn, pursuing, renewing love of God. Hosea is told by God to marry a runaround, no good, heartless woman. Hosea obeys, and I can't help thinking that he must not have enjoyed it very much. 
He was probably humiliated, scorned by his friends, not to mention heartbroken by his new wife, Gomer. Even Noah, though mocked for building a giant boat in the middle of a desert, at least kept a little dignity, could feel like a man. But there was Hosea, alone in bed while his wife caroused, and everyone knew it. All because God wanted to make a point. After Gomer ran off with another man, God sent Hosea to buy her back and bring her home. Then God said about Israel, about us, dead in our sin, I'm now going to allure her. I will lead her into the desert and speak tenderly to her. There I will give her back her vineyards and will make the valley of Acre a door of hope. There she will sing as in the days of her youth. The word Acre means trouble. From the ashes of the valley of trouble came new life, green and lush. Forgiveness, rest, resurrection. Country songs complain about love. Sure, love isn't always fun. It isn't always enjoyable or cut and dry or unambiguous or easy, least of all easy. But it's always good, even when it's kicking you in the teeth, because it would only do so if your teeth needed rearranging. Of course, it's easy to call it good when things are going pretty well. I wrote this during one of those rare bouts of healthy perspective. You knock 
me down, it dragged me out and left me there for dead. It took all the freedom I wanted, gave me something else instead. Blew my mind, it bled me dry, it hit me like a long goodbye. Nobody here knows better than I that it's a good thing. Love is a good thing. It'll fall like rain on your parade. Laugh at the plans that you tried to make. Wear you down till your heart just breaks, and it's a good thing. Love is a good thing. It'll wake you up in the middle of the night. It'll take just a little too much. Burn you like a cinder till you're tender to the touch. It'll chase you down and swallow you whole. It'll make your blood run hot and cold like a thief in the night. It'll steal your soul, and that's a good thing. Love is a good thing. It'll follow you down to the ruins of the great divide. Open the wounds that you tried to hide. There in the rubble of the heart that died, you'll find a good thing. 'Cause love is a good thing. Oh, love is a good thing. This is not the same love song I would have written for my bride during our first year of marriage. This is a thirteenth year of marriage love song, which is to say that it deals with screw ups and being burned and having regrets and apologies and shaking one's fist at the heavens. I remember hearing someone complain about a songwriter once. They said that the artist's new record wasn't as good because the songwriter was now married and his life was too happy. Just give it a few years, I thought. I'm not being cynical. Marriage is a crucible. It forces you to lay down your life for another a little bit at a time, which is good for those of us too cowardly to do it all at once. My sweet wife, a gentle, strong, and beautiful woman, has agreed by the grace of God not just to plant the seed of our marriage, but to water it, feed it, to tend it as it grows. And I have agreed to the same, come hell or high water. After 13 years, we both know that hell and high water have come and are likely to come again. Do I believe that Christ will sustain us? I do. The road is long that leads me home tonight. It disappears into the distant light, my love. Just a man. I don't always love you the best that I can, my love. Just don't give up on me. 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 I won't give up on.
This is a song called Rocket. Uh, last year, we had a really hard week getting to NASA. It was a week that included a funeral. We closed down our house. We had concerts, very long drives, and sickness. But we were determined to make it to Cape Kennedy to watch the space shuttle Atlantis take off. Why? Because astronaut Patrick Forrester, the mission specialist for the trip to the International Space Station, was carrying my CDs to space with him. He kindly provided me and my family with VIP passes to a special viewing area for the launch, and he promised to take a picture of my CD clear to Venus in orbit. I was sure that the experience of seeing a rocket blasting into space would be exciting, but I was unprepared for the overwhelming sense of awe, wonder, gratitude, and joy I would feel. In the video I took of the launch, all you can hear, above the roar of the crowd and the rumble of the rocket, is me screaming, oh my goodness, over and over. I cried, I'll admit it. After the stress and the travel and the emotional tension of the preceding week, what I needed was to stand with my family and watch a friend strap himself to the most complex machine ever built and hold on for dear life as it blasted him into the heavens. This song was my attempt at showing my gratitude to Pat, as well as getting to the bottom of what it was about the experience that moved me so. Pull the side of the mighty machine The iron shine of a golden dream on the edge of the ocean, potential explosion Stand so tall and so serene So serene I got two little boys and a girl in bones We were first in line just to see the show To count down the seconds as destiny beckons Into the arms of the astronauts song called Windows in the World. I used to dread weddings. I also used to dread going to Disney World. But something changed in me a few years back. Now, I love seeing the wonder on my children's faces when we walk through the Magic Kingdom. 
I love mustering enough wonder to feel like a kid again myself, moving through a world where there's more than what you can see with your eyes, where anything can happen. When we get a wedding invitation in the mail, I'm the one who sticks it on the fridge and marks the calendar. My wife and I hold hands and watch the groom's face as his bride glides down the aisle toward her destiny and his delight. I love all these things because they remind me of Christ. They are products of his imagination, whether the institute of marriage or communion or the childlike wonder of a great story. And they remind me that there is goodness in the world and that it is only a shadow of an even greater, better world that we can't yet see. So you're sitting at the movies You're watching how the story finds a way And you've seen it all before Still you love to see the hero save the day It's a window in the world A little glimpse of all the goodness getting through And all along the way the days are made Little moments of truth Oh, and every Sunday morning You can see the people standing in a line so hungry for some mercy, for a taste of the communion bread and wine. It's a window in the world, a little glimpse of all the goodness getting through. And all along the way the days are made, little moments of truth. It's the way the clouds are Slowly turning you to meet him And you're watching at your window At the ending of the night It's as plain as day So any fool could see It's a window in the world This is a song called I've Got News About a conversation I had with my neighbor She told me, you don't know about struggle You're a Christian singer You have everything under control Hilarious. After I finished laughing, I told her a little about my own darkness, my own addictions, my own confusion about why God behaves the way he does. None of us is alone in our hurt. And in the kingdom, to the utter bafflement of evil, that hurt we carry becomes a strong medicine. So you think I'm something special, like I know a thing or two, like my eyes don't ever wander, like my aim is always true. So you think I'm not a dirty, rotten scoundrel through and through Well, lady, I've got news for you So you think that you're the only one to cry yourself to sleep That you're the only one who's scared they all forget you when you leave So you think that you're the only one whose heart is black and blue Listen, I've got news for you, for you I might as well just tell you that it's true, it's true Listen, I've got news for you
So you think you don't need anyone to love you So you think you don't need anyone to love But you do People have asked me when I became a Christian The fact that I'm a preacher's kid makes that difficult for me to answer If you mean when did I first learn about Jesus and know that he loved me and I him I'd say I was probably about four Thanks to Christian parents, VBS, and Sunday school, he's been present in my story for as long as I can remember. If you mean, when did you make a public confession and get baptized, that's easier. I was nine years old. I walked the aisle and told everybody in the congregation that I believed Jesus was the Christ, Son of the living God. I cried through the whole thing until I had to get in the water, and I only stopped then because it was so warm and soothing. But was I truly a follower of Christ, a disciple throughout high school? If you asked any of the gang I hung out with, the answer would be a resounding guffaw. I didn't care a hoot about Jesus. I only wanted a girlfriend and an electric guitar. If you mean, when were you really confronted with your sin? When did you really repent? I'd tell you it was at church camp in my teens. The last night of camp, a guy dressed like Jesus served me communion, and I was supposed to find a place to pray alone. The moon eclipsed, no kidding, and turned blood red. I thought the horsemen of the apocalypse would come galloping out of the Florida sky at any moment, and I was sure that I'd be trampled to bits by the hooves of judgment. I went to the woods and cried for hours. If you mean, when did you really commit your life to serving him? Then I'd say it was the year after high school, when I walked the aisle at a youth convention at which I was a counselor, ostensibly. In front of 600 kids, I made a public commitment to using my gifts vocationally for God's kingdom. That was a big one. That was around the time Rich Mullins' lyrics were banging around in my heart like a loose cannon. And so on and so on. All I know for sure is this. Christ not only saved me, he's continuing to save me. Every morning, his mercies are made new. I'm saved again and again. My only plea now and always will be the same thing I confessed when I was nine and bawling into my dad's hip. I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, my Lord my Savior. I was a boy, just nine years old. I heard the call and came. They buried me beneath the water. Then I rose again. Well, you know, my dad was a preacher man. I walked the aisle and I took his hand. He said, son, just do the best you can and say the words. I believe he is the Christ, son of the living God. And through the years, I barely fell, I mostly dove right in. the shallow well only to thirst again will I sing the hymns at the summer camp that I rocked and rolled with a lousy band till I heard a song that took
body's weak and the day is long When I feel my faith is all but gone I'll remember when I sing this song That I believe Peterson, and this has been episode number five of the Rabbit Room podcast, recorded at the Warren outside of Nashville, Tennessee. 